welcome pioneers we are in season two through the eyes of women motherhood and i am just blown away like every mother i talk to has just been absolutely phenomenal and today the last person of this season sadly but my absolute favorite is my mom <laughs> mom go ahead and give a little bit about yourself well, first of all, I want to say thank you for allowing me to grace your beautiful stage. Um, it's just, as I said, absolutely amazing to see um, just my fruit <laughs> come up through you. So thank you again for just um, allowing me to grace your stage. Um, a little bit about myself. I am, as you guys may or may not know, the mother of three beautiful, absolutely amazing daughters. I'm her favorite. <laughs> um, as Dion Sanders said, my favorite is whoever I'm talking to at the time. Uh -huh. Depending on the ranking on the list, it kind of varies. But um, I am the founder of Evans Consulting. And also I am the founder of Evans Pioneer Academy. So that's a new academy that we've got coming out um, the first week in June. Ooh. So, um, <laughs> yes, I'm very excited about that. I am also a collaborator on two um, previous book projects. One is out now called The Workerpreneur. And then my solo project will be my first project for young adults, um, teaching them the basics of finance will be out, um, should be the end of this year. So just a little bit about myself. Get it, Ma. Get it. <laughs> All right. First question. What is motherhood? As I said, to me, motherhood is absolutely amazing because, you know, from the time when you're pregnant and or you're told that you're expecting, it's a wave of emotions and feelings and thoughts um, from fear to joy, um, depending on your financial situation, marital situation, you know, things like that. It, it just it's just a range of all kinds of things. And then when you get to hold that baby in your arm, I think for most mothers, I would say like your world absolutely changes and you get to create a uh, connect with the person that um that you have been growing on the inside of you. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just the most beautiful thing. And like I was saying earlier, you know, as they start to grow up through all the challenges, the ups and downs to be able to see the, the people, you know, the hum awesome yeah. human beings that, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully <laughs> they turn out to be, um, is just a reward in itself. What are some generalizations about motherhood that need to be shut down? That, for one, honestly, I think that all all women are mothers. Mm. I, I I don't think people really understand. So you know how you read you read a story and they're like, oh oh my god, I can't believe that mother put her kids in the oven and things like yeah. that. But <laughs> but the reality of it is, um, not all of us are born with the nurturing aspects yeah. and everything. We're not all equipped, let me put it that way, yeah. with the, tool, the necessary tools that it takes to be a mother. For a lot of us, depending on the mother that we had, um, it actually is very challenging yeah. because you have to now become something that you've never seen before. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part that a lot of people automatically assume because you're birthing yeah. a child that you automatically know what to do with it. And yeah, so mm-hmm. I would definitely, that's one of the myths that I would definitely shit. Um, is child, I can't talk. Give me a second. Is motherhood challenging and why? Oh yeah, it's definitely challenging. I mean, it's challenging. Like I said, you know, if you've never seen it, then you're forced to be something to an individual that you're not only responsible for, you know, their well-being, but just the person that they, you know, will potentially even become. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of that has to do with it being challenging. Um, also, just like I said, depending on where you're at as a mother, yeah, you know, your mental status, your emotional well-being, your mm-hmm. financial status, all of that. It's like ingredients with the cake or, or food. Yeah. All of that goes into that final product, which mm-hmm. is the child. So if you even have one or two things that's off or spoiled or bad yeah. or mm-hmm. expired, you know what I'm saying? It all goes into how your child, um, you know, ultimately becomes. Yeah. Is your mother in your life and how has that affected your motherhood? She is in my life. And I think for me, I was one of the ones that it took me years to really understand the dynamics of the relationship that I had with my mother. I'm grateful to God now that God has started to mend the relationship. But from early on, it has not been a very easy um, journey between me and her. Me and her. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I was, uh, she had me at 16. And yeah. so just think about the fact that you have a 16 year old having a child, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't even know, right. You yeah. don't even know what you don't know. Yeah. And so it's taken me honestly up until last year to really, as I went to therapy, um, the, my therapist asked me the question. She said, what is your mother's relationship like with her mom? And it made me think, because I'm like, I never really heard her talk about her mother or anything. So it kind of started peeling back some layers. And I think things that I was blaming her for, um, I learned to give her grace for. And when we finally had to have, um, we finally got allowed us, I wasn't, I just was like, okay, I'm going to forgive her and move on. But the beautiful thing about our awesome father, um, he knows us so much better than we know ourselves. And yeah. he knew that I needed to have just one of those, as we say, come to Jesus meetings mm-hmm. to really kind of get some stuff out. And so when I was able to really kind of address some issues with her, I literally cried like a baby because the little girl in me um, that was yeah. yearning for her mother's appreciation and approval and yeah. all, I didn't even understand that I had been operating out of deficiency for all these years um, based off of the lack that Mm -hmm. she was not able to give me. Not that she didn't want to. And that was the statement she made to me. She said, Valerie, I didn't know. And so I think that's what I think sometimes um, we kind of have to step back and and give our parents grace and really understand what they may or may not have, you know, when they were even growing up was being a mom your plan or was it god's definitely god's (laughs) (laughs) i i when i was growing up the crazy part is i was always babysitting 
And then I'm the oldest. So it was always me, my responsibility to take care of somebody's children. Mm. So I honestly did not want children. I did not want kids. But when I, <laughs> I got married and he wanted five and I wanted none. And so I always say our compromises, we ended up with three. <laughs> uh, we lost one in between, but, you know, we ended up with three. And so, yeah, definitely God's plan. Was pregnancy hard for you? Um, The first, you were not that hard um i think with your sister um sadia she was probably my most challenging as far as just the pregnancy in itself um because i had morning sickness all day long so it wasn't no morning sickness it was all day sickness <laughs> so i stayed sick with her and then care was a little challenging towards the end because i had a fibroid and so as she got bigger she pressed on the fibroid to where I literally was doubled over in pain and I couldn't walk. So they had to put me on bed rest. Um, like the last month or two, I was on bed rest um, just because of the amount of pain that I was in. And I had already started dilating. And so they didn't want her to come early. So yeah, I, I was, uh, that was, that was difficult towards the end. How did pregnancy change your body temporarily? I mean, just the, the normal things. I mean, your body, you know, I always joke like you girls have this little pretty body, no stretch marks and things. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a, one of the things that I don't think women go into enough is yeah. how it affects your body. Because we're talking about stretch marks on your breasts, on your, you know, yeah. butt thighs, you know, yeah. all of those stretch marks. And then you got the spot. It changes your bladder. <laughs> You don't have the same holdage capabilities that you <laughs> that you used to have. I mean, just all the way around. If you're nursing, the gravity, you know, from nursing your kids, you know, yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> have you ever miscarried, had a stillborn, or had a stillborn, and how did you get through that? I have had two miscarriages that I know of. Um, the first one with, um, with your dad, it was in between you and Sadia. That one was rough, but that was more of me. Um, I actually wanted that more so than not, if that makes any sense. So I wasn't too, too sad because you were literally nine months and I had gotten pregnant again. Yeah. And so I wasn't, you know, of course, it's still, you know, your child. I think it affected uh -huh. your dad a little bit more than it did me. But me knowing, hey, you know, <laughs> I have a nine month old and I'm pregnant again. I think I was kind of relieved. Yeah. But I was relieved temporarily because a month later I was pregnant with Sadia. <laughs> so, <laughs> so God still had other plans. Um, and then the second one, I think um, it was kind of the similar situation. It was bittersweet because I really loved the guy that I was pregnant by. Yeah. However, we were not um, talking anymore. Yeah. And so I look back now and I say, oh, my God, like, I'm so grateful to God, you know, that that didn't, yeah. you know, come to fruition because... Yeah. 
you know, my situation as it has been over the years, I think that would have been very difficult to have to, you know, pull around a fourth, yeah. a fourth child. What do you wish you were told about pregnancy beforehand? Um, I think I wish someone would have really told me the mental and the emotional effects on it. You know, you hear the women talk more about yeah. the physical effects, but um, when you're really thinking about the mental aspect of it and the emotional side of it, because you're, like I said, it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah. There's so many things that can go wrong during the pregnancy and as you're having the baby. Um, and like I said, depending on what, what your living situation is, all of that yeah. plays a part. Um, into it. So I think I wish um, my mother would have probably told me a little bit more about what to expect from that standpoint. Like, okay, you're going to experience, yeah. you know, highs and lows. You're going to think these thoughts and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I wish would have been talked about a little bit more. Titi Shana said the exact same thing. She said mentally she wish somebody would have told her what to expect. Mm -hmm. What do you wish you were told about motherhood beforehand? I wish I would have. Okay, now you're going to make me emotional. <laughs> I wish I would have been told about the beauty of it. Yeah. Because I feel like so many times, especially in the African-American culture, because a lot of us grow up without the finances and the resources. Yeah. To where we're in such a hurry for our kids to leave. Yeah. So we missed the whole journey mm. of those kids and what we're supposed to, the whole mandate of God mm. of raising them up. We miss all of that because yeah. we consider our children burdens Yeah, um, mm. just because we are not equipped emotionally and financially, Ooh. you know, mentally to be able to yeah. take care of them. That's the reason why. You know, going to the word when, you know, God speaks to us about bearing fruit outside of yeah. season, especially mm -hmm. we're talking about the whole fornication piece and stuff. And I know society doesn't, you know, they don't like to talk about that because everybody yeah. wants to do what feels good to their flesh. Yeah. But there's a reason why God said that. There's a reason yeah. why it's supposed to be in the sanctity of marriage because there's so much more. And it doesn't mean that just because you're married, you won't struggle. But yeah. it's, it's just totally different when you're having to operate it under circumstances that are not suitable for raising kids. Yeah. So I just I just wish I heard all the bad stuff. Oh, it's going to cost It's going to do this and that. But nobody really told me enjoy the moment. Mm. Soak it up because it's going to be gone in the blink of an eye. And yeah. with your sister graduating in a couple of months and me being an empty nester, like yeah. I'm happy, but at the same time, I think that's why I pour so much into my nieces and nephews yeah. because it's like, I get to enjoy them in a way that I wasn't able to enjoy you guys. Yeah. Do you have a good slash close relationship with your kids? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I do. I'm always, I sometimes I think to a fault. Um, I've always tried to nurture the relationship between my kids. I've always felt like that was so important because as I was growing up, I didn't have the safe place with my mom. I I never felt like I could talk to her about, you know, just things that was going on with me. I didn't think I didn't feel understood. I didn't feel loved or wanted or needed or anything. So Thank God I was able to find it in another um, lady in the church. Her name was Christine Reed. And she was, um, they had like the big sister, big brother program in church. And she was, you know, my big sister. So she was my safe place. So God still um, found a way because he's faithful um, to provide me with someone. He put someone in my life that I can still go to and share certain things with. So that was a blessing. But honestly, (laughs) um, I've just I've just tried to do my best to make sure that my daughters always knew, even though they know what mama stands for. And I may not agree, but they still yeah. had a safe place to come and talk to me about yeah. anything that I, you know, they needed to talk to. So they wasn't they didn't feel like they were walking the journey alone. Yeah. What do your kids do that soften your heart? Oh, OK, so. It's different for each of them. Yeah, talk about me first. <laughs> no, you're last. <laughs> the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So Kier, since she's the baby, we'll start with her. For me, and I've noticed that she does it more, and I know it's partly because she's my assistant, but Kier thinks my thoughts. So she's been around me long enough she yeah. knows how to cook my food. She knows yeah. what to bring with the food. She, um, Sunday, the couple of Sundays ago, we were at church and it was something that I was missing. And she's like, oh, that's okay. I packed your charger for you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Little things like yeah. that. She, she knows how I am. So to me, that just does so much for me. Um, Sadia, she does more of the notes. Like she'll send me, a random text message yeah, and, and it is just it almost has me in tears because a lot of times as parents we feel like our kids don't always understand and love and appreciate the sacrifices that we have to um do to be try to be the best parents we can and so for her to send me the text and just you know saying how much she appreciates me and everything that I've done yeah. um, that always softens my heart and for you, I honestly just feel like it's just you being you. Like you do things for me that like when you bought the computer and you yeah. surprised me, I wasn't even like I cry. <laughs> and y'all know I'm not really a softie like that. But <laughs> I think I'm kind of starting to get there as I get older, though, because I cry more than I used to. But you sure do. Um, <laughs> but the uh, computer, like you just surprised me because you saw a need. Or different times where, you know, we may be talking and you say, okay, I know you may need something and you'll send me money or you'll just, it's just the little things that you guys do for me that I'm not expecting. Like Sadia buy me the purse for Mother's Day and stuff like I never expect you guys because 
it, I think it'll be different if y'all were older, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, more established with yeah. families and stuff. Maybe I would kind of like maybe expect, but yeah. I don't expect because none of you guys are there, you know what I'm saying? Stable yeah. financially. So I know anything you guys do for me is a sacrifice. So it goes back to that seed time and harvest. Yeah. So when you guys are pouring back into me, that's the harvest of all the seeds that I've poured through you guys through the years. So I, I just think it's, you know, it's different, but all of you guys have that space. How do you deal with disobedience physically and emotionally? Um, I think it's, it's, it's changed over the years. When you guys were little, me and your dad used to spank you guys. Um, timeouts and stuff like that. So we did the physical, but as you started getting older, I think me and your dad both came to the conclusion that punishments work better <laughs> than physical discipline. So we probably stopped physically hitting you guys maybe around what, six, seven or so. Like y'all were fairly young when we kind of was just like, we didn't like the whole corporate punishment idea because we do understand yeah. a lot of that does come from slavery and the fact that we were whipped when we didn't you know our ancestors was whipped yeah. when we did something you know unacceptable to the master mm -hmm. so we kind of understood a lot of that came from that so we just tried to find other ways to discipline um, one of our biggest things where we always taught you guys there's a consequence to every action that you take mm -hmm. so even if we didn't physically punish you life is <laughs> Life was going to punish you. So you were going to get it either way it goes. So I think we kind of just started to, you know, look at it that way physically mm -hmm. um, and emotionally. Um, I think it was just more like I was just saying, when you're, when you're talking about the whole life teaching you, I think yeah. that's a lot of times the emotional <laughs> component to it, because when you start, um, you know, you go out there and just say you go and you, get pregnant or whatever like life yeah. is gonna teach you <laughs> i don't need to whip you for having sex or whatever like life is gonna there's gonna be consequence to doing that yeah. so i just think it's it just really depending on first what was done and then secondly like i said as you gotten older we never really hit you guys we just did more punishment but i was really blessed because i feel like i say this all the time all three of you girls really did not give me a bunch of trouble like y'all had y'all moments where y'all it was more your mouths all y'all had just flipping mouths <laughs> um here i think hers is getting that way like when she turns 17 she's just off the chain now but um i think it was more just a mouth part but y'all were never physically like if y'all did anything y'all snuck and did it i didn't know if you were leaving the house or if you were boys like mm -mm. you if you did any of that it was without my knowledge but from from what i know yeah, you guys were never like openly disobedient. Um, That's too much you know, work. <laughs> well, to some kids, not to all. Uh, what were you trying to instill in us? And do you think you were successful at doing it? I wanted you guys to be an asset to society. I wanted to instill value. I wanted to instill quality as a woman. I wanted to teach you guys what a woman meant. Um, and not from the standpoint of what society says a woman is. Mm -hmm. Teaching from the principles of God. 
Yeah. Who do God say I am as God's daughter? How do I operate? How do I act? How do I think? How do I live? And I know that a lot of people automatically go to Proverbs 31. Yeah. But there's so many quality women in the Bible. I mean, you you look at Esther and the grace and anointing that she Mm -hmm. operated in. She operated within her flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and she lived to see the promises of God. Yeah. Um, you, you look at someone like even Mary, the, the mother of Jesus, yeah. think about how young she had to be mm-hmm. to be, you know, a lot of people say she was, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old. So yeah. to be that young and to be instilled with, with what she, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, that, that takes a whole lot of grace and a whole bunch yeah. of other stuff. You know, to really kind of get through that because they were married young, you know, yeah. back in the day. So I just think I always, you know, of course, like I said, Proverbs 31, but just really trying to teach you quality principles of women is you have your own, you know, you, you never want to go into a relationship thinking he's going to be my savior or, um. or expecting the man to do all of it. No, you, what is it that you're bringing? And it yeah. has to be something more, more than sex. It has yeah. to be something more than the outside. You know, so what is what's in the inside of you that you're carrying to help support? If you're really believing that you are help me, how do you help yeah. meet his Ooh. needs? <laughs> how, you know? So I think for me, that's what I've tried to teach you guys. And then do I, the second part of that was, do I feel like I, I've, um, I I can't say that. And the yeah. reason why I, say I don't think I can say that is because I think the story is still being written. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, though, I, I am happy with what I have seen so far. Yeah. So just you sitting here interviewing me, I know that that's a lot of the fruit of my labor of you seeing me mm-hmm. building as we hash out from week to week building my dreams and building something that's going to be a legacy for my great grands, you know? So I know that's part of it. Um, And even with Sadia, you know, her now in college and starting her own journey and Shakira graduating in a couple of months and she's been accepted to college. So I feel like even though the story's being written, I could still see the handwriting on the wall. Mm. And I do have to say, I am happy thus far. Um, because I know that at least if nothing else, what you guys do after you leave me is on you, but I know the foundation is there. Yeah. Mm. What unspoken promises, principles, characteristics, et cetera, did you want us to grasp just by watching you? Exactly what I just said, just (laughs) how to be a lady. Yeah. How to be a true woman of class. There's nothing like, a woman that excludes it just oozes out of her pores class yeah and that's the one thing out of there's so many women that are examples of this but the one person when you think of class that always comes to people's mind is who michelle obama yeah because that lady there 
oh my god like the beauty and the grace that she yeah. showed so elegant in that house right so elegant and for me that's what i've always wanted you to see to where there's a way to handle things there's yeah. a way to handle adversity there's you roll up your sleeves and you do hard work like all mm-hmm. of those things like i said you guys seeing me back in 2017 when i first opened evans academy with nothing i opened it with nothing my first client wrote me a a retainer for a thousand dollars and i cried yeah because i had never gotten that from not even doing any work but just the promise of the work Mm -hmm. um so it's just little things like that that i've tried to um just different scenarios that you guys have seen me in and see how I've handled it and did my best to hold my head up and not, you know, be all gangster, <laughs> even though I can go there. Uh, but just trying to operate um, in the spirit, like I said, the spirit of class and the spirit of um, one of the things I live by is that nobody can get you like God can get you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's not really, I, I've always tried not to go and seek revenge when people hurt me or do things because i i'm just a believer that you reap what you sow yeah so and then the 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 beautiful part that's both good and bad about reaping (laughs) the harvest is always more than what you planted (laughs) right so you can even look at that from the bad point like when you do bad by me oh that harvest is coming back boo So, yeah, I just, I mean, even though as my dear say, God takes too long sometimes. And we want it, right. We want it to happen right then and there. But yeah, just the beauty and just not even seeking revenge. I've learned as I've gotten older just to pray. And I'm just like, Lord bless them. Like God, you know, like his, his prayer. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I've just gotten to the place to where, right, I don't even pray for revenge or I'm not waiting to see if you're going to get get it back or anything like that. I just pray and I just do my my healing and I move on. How do you incorporate your walk with Christ into your parenting? Made us go to church every day, every single day. <laughs> I was at church Monday and Tuesday and, and Thursday and Friday, every day. Okay, well, I think you was asking me the question and you kind of went <laughs> off on a tangent. Um. <laughs> To correct that, we were not at church every day. <laughs> it may have felt like every day. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I was thinking about that earlier um, this morning because I was like, you know, bringing y'all to five o'clock prayer in the mornings and uh, making you guys, we would be on a family fast and driving out of school in the mornings and we're doing affirmations and we're speaking things or whatever. <laughs> so honestly, I think as I've learned things, um, I've just shared with you guys. That's yeah. really how I've operated. Um, and, and I and I believe that there's no way to be a follower of Christ because the word says, um, "What's in the, uh, the man's heart, so is he." Yeah. So as you as you speak, it comes out of what's really yeah. in your heart. So part of me showing you guys through Christ is just as I was speaking. Because yeah. it was something that I wasn't just teaching you girls. It was things that I was actually doing and implementing yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. So it's no way for it not to come out. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. of how I was already living. So yeah, you're you're gonna by default already yeah. get 
some of that. 